Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss aspects of technology or business operation and how each area interacts with guest current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and my guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions for all your digital shelf and marketing needs part of the Arian Technologies Group. My guest today is Carolyn Rimmer from Sigma Healthcare. Welcome, Carolyn. Thanks, Scott. Great to have you on board. Now, we did have the opportunity to meet briefly at the AMCAL conference last year when I was up there with um, Guy Leach and the Heart 180 DFIBS um, support program. But for our listeners today that may not know you, um, in terms of your pharmacy background and, I guess, personal and family life, uh, who is Carolyn? Yeah, so, um, well, Carolyn is pharmacy since she was uh, finished school. So um, I started off in community pharmacy and then I was lucky enough to work for um, a very reputable pharmacy family up here in Queensland um, in Brisbane for over 20 years. And after that and after having children, I decided I'd um, like to explore life out of retail pharmacy, but obviously staying in pharmacy. So at that point, I then went and um, had my first training career with a um, supplier in the pharmacy industry. Uh, how I fell into training was that was one of my favourite parts in the pharmacy. I, I had no greater appreciation and pride of when um, pharmacy students, pharmacy assistants uh, would come through and I would get to train them and see them grow and, um, and develop. And I still have that pride in all of them today, watching what they do. And that's all through training and developing and mentoring in the pharmacy industry. So after I did my um, my time with that supplier, I then moved on to the Queensland Pharmacy Guild as a trainer and assessor. I learned so much there about the pharmacy industry that I thought I knew that I didn't know about RTOs, about compliance. Um, but, you know, one of the greatest things I took away from that was opportunity for pharmacies and pharmacy assistants. So um, that's where I then, my passion definitely remained and grew to now, where I've moved on to be here at Sigma Pharmaceuticals. So now I get to train our franchise partners, provide them with programs, areas where I think that training may be needed. So my passion for training is definitely there, but my passion for training in pharmacy and watching pharmacists and pharmacy assistants grow in their career is is absolutely Absolutely, something I love. And and now you're based in southeast Queensland. Do yep. you train in that area specifically or are you national? No, so I'm the national training specialist here at Sigma. So, yep, so often you may find me in other places around the country, which I absolutely love the face-to-face training. Uh, I love getting to meet our franchise partners and, our, and, their, and their teams. So, yeah, no, I do go around the country. The programs um, definitely are based here at our um, DC in Berenbar in Brisbane, which is amazing. So we have a beautiful place here where I get to bring all the programs and everything together, but then I yep. do get the opportunity to travel around the country as well. Countries, yeah, no, look, I, I know... I know from um, my career time, um, I had the advantage of working with a couple of different pharmacy groups, but um, with two of them specifically, I got to travel around the countryside, you know, all states, all territories. And uh, it's one thing to, I guess, know your local pharmacists and pharmacy businesses, but when you actually get to expand that nationally and meet some other great pharmacy people around the, the countryside, it's, uh, it's certainly there's there's people today that would, you know, we would classify as friends in the pharmacy or in the pharmacy Absolutely. industry. There's certainly acquaintances, but I think I said once before, it's it's likely out of the 6,000 pharmacies that I've had the advantage of probably visiting or interacting with over 3,000 of them, and that's the advantage that you get as well. You really get this great you know, understanding of how wide this audience is. So 
Yeah, absolutely. From the two people in one pharmacy to 40, um, I love community pharmacy and I, I really do love meeting all of them. So, yeah. From that perspective. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. And um, your time with Sigma, how long have you been there now? Uh, so I've been with Sigma um, over 18 months now. So um, yeah, we've seen a lot of change. We're progressing beautifully, but I'm most yeah. But I love um, meeting back up with people in, the, in our franchise partners where they may have done something that they've learned at a training. That's yep. that's very rewarding for me. Cool. And initially, um, you reached out to me because you listened to our podcast and you said to me, um, Scott, um, I noticed out of all of your uh, hosts and guests that there's uh, a lot of emphasis in terms of, I guess, technology and the dispensary and pharmacy itself, but uh, there may have only been one or two other people that have spoken about or followed up uh, or focused on the front of the shop, which with a significant change coming in pharmacy at the moment, uh, you thought it would be a good idea for us to have a bit of a chat about that. So so where's your, your head thinking on that? Where do you, where do you want to take this yeah. to? Absolutely. So I think um, for for years we've all known the importance of training in our pharmacy. Unfortunately, COVID didn't do us any favours, though, with that aspect. But it also, more importantly, took away that, that selling solution. You know, the old-fashioned companion selling where, you, you know, you want, that, you want your customer to walk out the door and have received all of the products that they need for that solution. But also that free product, you know, that free lifestyle tip that we all forget to add now. And pharmacy... You know, staff, assistants and pharmacists have fantastic lifestyle knowledge. They always know something that they can add on to that. But I think that skill has been lost a lot during COVID. And that isn't anyone's fault except for probably COVID because during COVID, pharmacies, ha you know, they didn't have a chance to spend any more than one second with customers. They were getting eyeballed. They were getting abused. They had to just get them in and get them out. People joined pharmacy in COVID period, so they never got that traditional um, skill of solution selling. So I see a lot now where that gap has has now formed. And I think particularly with the changes that are coming, we know it's it's very clear and and evident that the front shop is going to be um, is going to be a very important space, even more so than what it is now, in gaining back some of that profitability, some of that customer loyalty that we we may lose with what is um what is what is forecast. So we need to come back to that basics that has always been taught to us in the history of pharmacy. Uh, is is that companion selling, that upselling, you know, um, making sure every single customer gets a selling solution that they need when they walk in that door. And then that sure. way we're increasing our product for a stronger business. Yeah, so if I talk a little bit around that, and I've, again, I've mentioned this um, on one or two of the other podcasts as well, and certainly from my background, as I've travelled around the countryside, I've met some really um, good, strong retail managers and senior, I'll call them senior pharmacy assistants that have been in the business for a long time. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't be unfair to say that they would know most of their customers. They would know the, the siblings. They would know the, the descendants, the children, grandchildren. <clears throat> and often the pharmacy you know, is, a, is a place to actually catch up um, with people and teams, and you're right. You, I, I call them the the unprecedented years, um, as as opposed to COVID years, because the other thing that happened there was that we were wearing masks, which was really impersonal. It didn't Very give you a chance yeah, to connect or, or to chat. So, yes. so if you take that combination of the 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 senior pharmacy assistant, the retail manager who knows the majority of customers, you've lost that ability to say, well, hey, how's things going? How's the daughter? How's the son? How's hubby? All that kind of thing. Now, it's actually about getting that back again. And I guess the other question I was going to ask you is that whilst the 60-day dispensing is not going to affect every customer, it's going to affect, 
I would imagine, a lot of the regulars and the mature or the older customers, isn't it? Yes, because they're on that regular medication. And on that list, we know that regular medications are a priority and they're, they're on that list that's going to happen too. But not only that, I guess they may get in a habit of going, oh, well, I don't have to actually go out and see my pharmacy this week. I can leave it for two months. Whether they want to or not, they'll think that they can't, for starters, because they won't realise. I'm quite sure the doctors won't be advertising that they can go every 30 days. So they yeah. will think that they can't come in every 30 days. And I think that's a really important factor. That's why we're called community pharmacy, because mm. we are part of the community. We are a really social link for the community um, and we are really important to, to our communities. So you're absolutely right. I mean, there was a positive to COVID. COVID showed that pharmacy is amazing. It showed that we are the, one of the strongest parts of a community. It showed them that they had we had their, their, their support. We had their support. Um, we were there for them. You know, pharmacy never went away. They just mm. got longer and longer hours, more and more that they did. So in a way, COVID showed them that. So we we do have their loyalty. There's no doubt about it. But we just need to make sure that we utilise and, and, you know, and we, we make strong business of that loyalty as well. As well, yeah. And I, look, I guess I've um, not gone into the in-depth analysis that I know quite a few other people in the industry have gone around this 60-day dispensing. But is it fair to say that not every script for those regular user customers would be 60 days. There'll still be some that are probably 30 days. There will be some, yeah. It's not it's not the entire PBS listing or medicine listing in the world, uh, mm. but it's a lot. There's hundreds on there yeah. and they are very regular medications. But I guess a way to look at it too is the skill that we're trying to make sure that everybody has back in place or brings into play is really something that we, we've, we've been doing for centuries. Like, mm. you know, we should have, even before COVID, before 60 Day, we still should have made sure that as, as a pharmacy staff member that whenever somebody leaves our store, they have left with their complete solution. So this is nothing new. It's not new training. It's not, not a new invention. Um, yeah. You know, you never want to be that person that when, you know, you come in, Scott, you have an issue that, or a condition that I've helped you with, but I've left out one thing. And now you're home and that one thing you need and you literally at home going, oh, now I have to get in my car and go back. I'm not mm -hmm. feeling well because that, that staff member left that one thing off what I needed. So no one ever wants to be that. So, mm -hmm. but it is definitely um, something that has, has gone, has, you know, transitioned away. And that's not something that I just say, I know in all of my training, trainings with our franchise partners, um, I clearly see that. So that that has been missing. So it's a skill that we have all lost, which I think is, is going to be great to bring back and be utilising. Yeah. So, so again, if I can just say that back to you again, you know, all of the media, all of the politics is around the 60-day dispensing. And I guess from if I looked at it from a consumer point of view, I'm probably thinking, oh, cool, you know, oh, um, yep. I'm actually going to get, you know, cheaper medication now because I'm going to get two months for the price of one, um, yep. all that kind of thing. But um, I'm not necessarily going to lose connection with my pharmacy because I'm still potentially ha have another script that, that is required every 30 days anyway. So that's still, as you said, comes back then to the opportunity for the pharmacy team to make sure that the connection's there. And, and that is sometimes difficult in a pharmacy. You know, if you're busy and there's people waiting for scripts, you know, you're almost wondering if you're as a, as a retail manager, pharmacy assistant, look, I've just got to get these people out. I've got to get these people out. I've got to get these people yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. But, when they were all eyeballing you and. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, but as you said, you know, even in the smaller pharmacies, generally you've got staff that meets a certain level of service criteria. And really the message for here today is that if you're, if you're listening to this today is that don't disconnect with your, with your pharmacy customers because of this. If anything, um, there's potentially a loss of revenue and incomes from this change. And yes. there's an opportunity to revisit with the team, revisit with some training, and and whether it's uh, I guess as a as, as Amcal Sigma member, they've got you in your training department. But if you're another group or brand, you've got that same you know, your equivalent in the other groups and brands anyway. Yeah. Or you've got this training available from the Pharmacy Guild, or you've got this training. I find a lot of cases is available from suppliers still as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think certified training, I'm, I'm a massive ad advocate of certified training. Um, for a long time, particularly, um, we'll just on, have to talk about pharmacy assistants. You know, they, they don't realise that it's a career that they have. The certified training they can do, like you imagine if you have someone in your, imagine if every pharmacy assistant in a 15 person store had their certification. So whether it's a Cert 2, Cert 3 or Cert 4, like that is an incredibly well-skilled unit team of pharmacy assistants in there. And not only you've got, you've already got your pharmacists that have got their, their degrees as well. So that is an incredible um, team that are all upskilled and in the best in their field. So one area like Scott, I could always emphasize and I always go back to is our S2S3 training. We know it's mm -hmm. QCP required. However, it's a very inexpensive training that should be done, particularly in one of our most profitable areas in the pharmacy where we really want those pharmacy assistants um, to have that training straight away. They get a certificate. They know they've done certified training. They've got that back counter experience then, and they are going to be selling out through that area. So, yeah, definitely certified training. There's loads of product trainings that pharmacy assistants can be also doing. Um, so in pharmacy staff, I should say in general, there's plenty of that around as well. So it's really important that we get that we utilise the training that's there. In terms of the training that is available, again, this is you've just prompted me with something you've said, um, and the certification. Whilst I'm aware that there are some refresher courses for some training, in terms of what's happening at the moment, would it or could it be a good idea for a pharmacist pharmacy team to actually go back and revisit other training that may not be refresher, like like go back yeah. and do the course again? Yeah. So. Uh, not that you can do your certs again. However, mm. there is so many areas of upskilling that we can all be doing. Um, simple things like um, to, help, to assist with procedures in the pharmacy, we could be doing Microsoft training, Excel, mm. you know, all of these sort of planning calendar trainings. Um, there's always there's um, always customer service training. There's team building training, management and leadership. There is just it's never ending what you can learn, and that's the great thing about training is your learning can never end. We can all always learn a skill. So let's say, for example, I am a retail manager. I've done my Cert 4. What is it from here that I could do? I could go and do my diploma in leadership and management. Uh, I could simply do leadership short courses. There's loads of them around as well. So, And then you could look at your pharmacy staff that perhaps, you know, maybe you've got a school-based trainee. They could, they're doing their cert, their cert two. Well, they can always do their cert three eventually. So, but they can always be going back there as well. Um, but definitely in, in different training, um, environments also own, ref have refresher training on them for people to look back and review and see what they, you know, growing on those skills. But 
there's always training out there. There's always programs being built for people to utilise through the pharmacy. You see, yeah, and you mentioned a little while ago about you know pharmacy is a career. I think some people get that, and and some people pursue that and are happy to stay in that for long term. Um, I have also come across instances where particularly um, people in you know, school-based uh, employees that might be you know, weekend casuals um, then go on to something else. But again, they're all trained and they're all developed. I've <clears throat> certainly come across some pharmacy people, and there's one in particular in mind, a retail manager, that not through any fault of her own, but I think now that she, I would be aware in the last 10 years, she's probably worked for six different pharmacies. Now, it's not because... Um, uh, anything bad. What happened? It was happened in, in a few of the instances. Is the pharmacy has sold, um, yep. and the new owners have actually brought in their own team, or the new owners have restructured, or or whatever. Now, yep. that whilst that might be a negative point, the positive point that I want to throw into this is that this particular lady I know has never had a problem getting another job in pharmacy. Now, short of you being in maybe a remote regional area where there's not a lot of jobs in, in metro suburban areas, um, in terms of being a qualified pharmacy assistant, certified, trained and experienced, um, you would never have a problem, I would think, getting a job at a pharmacy somewhere. Is that, that a fair statement? Absolutely. I mean, particularly at the moment, it's so hard. Pharmacies will all tell us um, and tell each other that it's really hard to find staff. And so many of them are taking on people that have never, ever had pharmacy experience before. So for someone who has pharmacy experience right now, you're you're a golden nugget. You are mm. you are wanted. Um, so there's there's no doubt anyone that has even even not as much as her, even you know a few years or a year or just any sort of pharmacy experience. There's plenty of um, opportunities out there for employment. There's plenty of opportunities for career advancement. Um, but for someone with that knowledge and that that skill set, absolutely, you know they're they're a golden nugget for anyone to be yeah. finding right now. Yeah, and, and look, obviously, it's it's not necessarily an environment where you can command a specific wage, but certainly people yes. will remunerate and, and reward quality and support uh, and professional people, which yeah. is good. And I'm also aware of another uh, lady that I know who worked in the travel agents business for many, many years. That's where I knew her from. That's what I knew she'd do. And I, I kind of got caught short the other week when I got a message from her to, to let me know that um, she'd actually walked into her pharmacy. There was a sign on the door. They were desperately looking for staff and, and through a conversation conversation because obviously the travel industry got turned upside down as well in the un, in the in the unprecedented years um, and she's having a ball she loves it uh, you know it's yeah. obviously from that background she's got a service customer service um, background um, have has had some experience in terms of pharmacy being the customer of this pharmacy and they've put her through the training and and she's loving it so so again yeah. for those pharmacies out there that might still be struggling to find you know everyone would love a fully trained person obviously but never going to happen or, or rarely going to yeah. happen. So, so yeah. certainly um, if you're looking for someone, don't discount some of your customers and what they may be up to. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, I can also attest from my perspective, you know, I'm, I was <clears throat> meant to retire somewhat three or four years ago and it's never going to happen now because I've, um, you know, got people from all sorts of different lives that uh, are saying to me, you know, what are you doing next week? Can you come and help me with this or can you come and help me with that? So, so I think it's yeah. a great opportunity at the moment for um People that thought they might have been ready for retirement but now aren't, there, there's some Absolutely. great opportunities out there as well. And not only that, like I've heard some hilarious stories about where people have found their stuff, particularly in country towns. Yeah. Um, I love hearing those out-of-the-box stories where they found some of their greatest staff members, um, like, 
you know, they've approached them. We've, you know, at lots of um, trainings, we've discussed how people find their staff outside of the box. Like, you know, Seek is just our standard area, but, you know, there's so many um, great, there's, there's great videos on social media, but in those smaller regional towns, you know, they often find their staff at the pub or mm-hmm. McDonald's or wherever it may be mm-hmm. in that country town um, or, you know, suburbia. And it's great to be employing people in your community because they are your customer. They they do get how you work because they've come to you for so long. So yeah, yeah, definitely definitely a great time. Great time for anyone to be joining pharmacy. Actually, to be honest with you. Yeah. So if if someone, let let's say a mature age person, uh, male or female, um, he or she, them or they, um, in terms of um, maybe getting back, looking at this as a as a new career advancement, what and what's what's the current training re- regime like is it, is it all online is there still some face to face is it in pharmacy is it out, outside so generally, of pharmacy? G- generally if you had zero experience the first thing that I would recommend um the pharmacy guild runs a community skills course and that's actually well this is in Queensland I will mm. I will note that this is in Queensland there is a actual government funded course where you walk away with your cert too straight into community pharmacy. Um, but apart from that, anyone can do that cert too nationally. So my advice would be definitely to seek out a pharmacy that may be looking. However, if you're able to complete your course or do anything um, along those lines in the meantime, then I would absolutely be doing that um, off my own back and then going out to the pharmacies. And it will not take you long to find a job in community pharmacy, pharmacy. even if you went out and told them my plans are to do my, I'm doing my Cert 2, um, and then you can move on from there. You can go to your Cert 3. You've got units you, you've already done that transfer into a Cert 3. So my starting point would be to be reaching out to, like, the Pharmacy Guild or the PSA and asking them about compl- uh, starting with my Cert 2. It's, a, it's an excellent entry point for anyone to get the basics of pharmacy down. Or even better, if you found a pharmacy that would offer you a traineeship or offer you employment and then and then lead you straight into doing a Cert 2 whilst you're employed, that, that's fantastic for everyone, for everyone. Right as well, yeah. Um, if I can, I'd like to come back a little bit to the associated selling regime. And I guess to a point I speak from my own experience, and, and this could be a tough one, so I'm not looking for the ultimate answer here, but um, yeah. I'm going to use the example that in some of the larger pharmacies, there'll be pharmacy assistants and there'll be cosmetic salespeople. Yes. And, and, and there's two distinct differences. And, and whilst everyone would like to think that they could sell a lipstick, um, the reality is that speci- specialised cosmetic salespeople are very good at selling cosmetics, aren't they? Yep. Yes, they are. They are. And um, on, the, on the reciprocal side of that, I, from my own personal experience, I've often found that cosmetic salespeople are, are not great or their area of expertise is not great behind the, um, the schedules counter. So, so they might be yeah. able to help out in the main, but cosmetics is their ultimate. Now, this is, I'm, not, I'm not setting up with this question. I guess I, it's just a, um, an area that I wanted to look at in terms of this associated selling because the reciprocal of the cosmetic sales um, person is that quite a few or the majority of pharmacy assistants will be tend to be more empathetic towards their customers than pushy sales. And, and yes. I think how, how do we go about, how does a pharmacist go about helping those people, as you said, making sure that Scott doesn't go home and, ha- and has missed something that they should have bought? So, so without going on the hard sales cosmetics push, what's your suggestion in terms of getting those pharmacy assistants to be more open and talking with their customers about what else they might need to take home with them? Because really, 
survival now is about getting those additional add-on sales yeah, without it absolutely. being a pushy. Like, like the last thing you want to do is alienate a customer because you push them too hard. So how, yeah. how do we go about that? Absolutely. So I can tell you that I think the worst thing that ever happened to companion selling is do you want fries with that? Because mm-hmm. it gives everyone that paranoia that that's what they're set out to do. But yeah. I think from my personal perspective is it's just that approach of, you know, this will, you need to give them the reason why. You know, what, why do I need three different products for gastro? Because mm-hmm. product A is going to do this for you, product B and then product C. But, you know, if you just take product A, you are not going to be getting the full solution that product B and C will also offer you. Um, Another great tool we all know in pharmacy is to use yourself as an example. Mm -hmm. So the easiest way to sell anything is using the example that you have used this yourself or a family member, friend, whatever it may be, and you have found this effective. But I think it's it's never being pushy if you're being correct and Mm -hmm. helpful. Um, You're being pushy when you're delivering sales they don't need. So, and that's where a customer identifies that. And that's, we don't want to be doing that anyway. We want to be offering them sales, products, knowledge that they need to take away to get to their full solution. Um, So, you know, for example, you know, I always use gastro as a great example. So every time someone bought anything to do with gastro, we know, we all know, um, you know, hydrolite should be sold with that. We all know that electrolytes should be sold, maybe some some inner health, you know, not to name brands, but Mm -hmm. we know that that's what we should be selling. But if no one ever tells the customer that, they're never going to know. So if you're just giving them a reason why, so they just need the why. Why do I need Mm -hmm. that product? Um, And, you know, I think also as a consumer, all consumers love something for free. They Mm -hmm. always love something for free. So lifestyle advice is one of the greatest things, even if someone is buying one product. you With every product that you sell, if you give them some sort of tip along with that, like time of day to take it, applying something, um, you know, applying it twice instead of three times, something like that, some sort of lifestyle tip, um, they're walking away with something free and that makes them feel good. So they're going to return because you give them free things. It may be free advice, but in their mind they've got something for free. Yeah. Does yeah. that help with I, that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the example that comes to, to my mind is, you know, look, I'm I'm not a, a young teenager anymore. And uh, one of the things that I, I tend to find is that uh, as I've aged, you know, my skin is getting thinner and, and I seem to like, you know, I'm still doing a bit of physical labour and work around the countryside, which has been covered off in a couple of other podcasts. But um, so a week wouldn't go by where I haven't cut or grazed or damaged. And, and so for me, you know, <clears throat> it, it wouldn't offend me if every time I went into a pharmacy, they offered, you know, do you need, how, you, how are you offer Band-Aids um, or first aid uh, equipment, yep. for example? And I think that's something that's, that's quite simple um, when you're looking at a more mature person from that perspective, because we do. We, we graze and cut ourselves all the time, all the time. Yep. Absolutely. So there's so many, there's so many things you can offer there. Like, and to go back, go back with our lifestyle tip, like I would tell you that you could buy a pair of cotton gloves. So I've given you another product for starters. Mm -hmm. I would then make sure I'm giving you a really good, highly moisturizing cream. And at night, I would tell you (laughs) to put your gloves on to go to bed. So I've sold two products. But I've also yep. given you free advice as well. That, that, so, is, that is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's actually, um, I will actually give you a couple of quick stats on what we're talking about. Just so, yes, please. Um, yeah, that's good. Not just the pharmacy owner can understand this, but the pharmacy assistant can understand, or, and pharmacist, how much more value they can be adding to their to their 
to their profit, to their business, to everything yeah. and to their customer. So if I had one team member uh, who works eight hours a week, so they just do one day, one day a week, and if they increased in that in eight hours, in that one hour that they're there, they increased two product sales. So they only have to sell two more products in the one hour. Not, um, not every increased- customer, just two. No, just two. Mm-hmm. Two in 60 minutes, that increases to 16 products per week. That's a lot from eight from one staff member in one hour. Um, Let's say that they do three products per hour in you know that's increasing to 24 hours per week. That they're there only for eight hours. Imagine Mm -hmm. a full time pharmacy assistant at that. That's massive. So for 38 hours a week, if that if each staff member sold three products extra per hour in their 38 hour shift, they would sell 120 products per week above what they do now. You know, yeah, that's, that's so, a lot. Some, yeah, some great stats. And I think the other thing that you've highlighted to me as you were chatting to me before then is that you know when we think about associated selling, we, we've I guess to a point been not brainwashed isn't quite right, but trained into a certain group of products but I mean you just mentioned their um, skin moisturizer which I've actually got one in three rooms in my house here for example for the exact reason is that yeah yeah my 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 skin requires is moisturizing that I I would never have done 20 years ago and it might be called manscaping but to me it's actually just trying to keep my skin in somewhat condition as well you know the cotton gloves for example so so from this to me there would be an opportunity for a pharmacist pharmacy team to go back within their team and actually ask each other what other products they associate with sell. Because I said, you highlighted at least two to me in that conversation that I'd never thought of. And potentially I might've highlighted one or two to you as well. So, so that's what this is about. It's not, you and I don't have all the great ideas, but the people within the pharmacy collectively could have those 24 products that you're talking about. Yeah. So when we talk about where we're getting training from, the um, three, there's three main, well, there's, three main areas we can get training. So we can do online, micro-learning, things like that. Um, we Hands-on, we know hands-on training in our pharmacy is amazing. But another one I love, I love to talk about is mentoring because, mm-hmm. um, and that's where, you know, you don't have to be standing there like with, with the other team member and having a full-on, this is what this product does, that's what that product does. It's a matter of the team all listening to each other and picking up tips and tricks uh, product knowledge, companion ideas, all of that sort of thing, um, even even how we talk to our customers. Uh, we can all pick up tricks by just listening to each other. So I call that mentoring and often I'll say to people, you know, do you feel that you mentor, particularly pharmacists yeah. with an intern, for example, or a senior pharmacy assistant with a, a, a junior one? And then they're like, no, I don't. And I'm like, well, how do you think you don't? And they're like, well, I don't sit down with them out the back for an hour and tell them what to do. And I said, no, but you could tell them how to change the staples and the stapler because the stapler is very important in a pharmacy and you can stand there with them for two minutes, explain how to do it. And I said, you've just mentored them because you've explained to them as this professional, this is why this is so important to us and this is how we do it. So I always explain in teams in pharmacies to listen to each other, just listen. Mm. So I was really fortunate. I, I worked with um, more senior age pharmacists who had some of the greatest um, techniques on how to help people. So, and yeah. But I listened to them. And I didn't care if I copied word for word what they said to the next customer because what they're saying is great. So that team um, sharing of knowledge is actually one of the cheapest, easiest, and most effective training tools that you can use in your team, in your pharmacies. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yep. No, look, that's great. Um, Carolyn, now I did pre-warn you that you'll be surprised how quickly 30 minutes will go and we're there. Yep. So uh, before we wrap up, was there any other key points on your list that we wanted to cover off before we, we yeah. finish up? Yeah, so um, when we were talking about doing this, we, we talked about, oh, the lights are on. We talked about some takeout tips. Um, yeah. So I have actually written some down. I'm known, renowned for writing things down because I love to just get it right when I'm going to deliver this. So I'm going to use the theme of training and upskilling our staff and what that can lead to. So trained and upskilled staff leads to strong business which leads to profit trained and upskilled staff leads to customer loyalty super 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 important uh, and trained and upskilled staff leads to staff retention which is also really important so we know that training and upskilling is smart it's smart business it retains staff it makes them feel great we have stronger increased profit so yes yeah, so if I can leave with anything um, it's that training and upskilling our staff it is so important in for so many reasons, but most reasons. importantly for strong business. Yeah, yeah. No, that's excellent. I'll, uh, we'll we'll make sure that we capture those points and see if we can do them as little pop ups in the uh, in the presentation as well. Okay, Carolyn, thanks for your time today. It's been a pleasure talking to you and and re meeting you. Um, yes, we'll uh, <laughs> no doubt uh, bump into each other again at some point in time. But Absolutely. thanks for your time today. Thanks for your time today. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers, and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website, pharmacyview.com.au. 